Hi, welcome to the table. This is Kevin. And this is Carissa. Today we're dealing with a question dealing with family matters and pornography. We'll be looking at Ephesians 5 at Paul's model for a biblical marriage. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Hello, this is uh, Kevin and on this cold Tuesday day we've got an exciting episode to share with you today on Come to the Table. I'm with my wife, Carissa, and we're so excited to have this conversation today. Hey, um, this is Carissa. So, we got an a interesting, bold um, question today, but I'm excited about it. And so, I'll go ahead and open this up with it. It says, um, marriage, my husband has fought a hard battle with pornography. I think we're finally on the other side, but I'm still struggling with my heartbreak from the whole situation. We've been married a little over two years. Also with parenting, how do we be strong Christian parents and help lead our baby in the right direction? She will be here soon. And um, first off, I just want to say, wow, um, you know, and I'm so sorry that you guys had to go through this. My heart goes out to you because I know it's a struggle, but I want to tell you, you know, you're not alone. And um, Kevin's got some statistics he's going to go over and really... It's quite mind-blowing exactly um, how large and how many people are affected by this topic. And so, we're going to jump into Ephesians 5, and we're going to look at Paul's model for the home, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we're going to try to answer each and every aspect of your question. I want to echo what Carissa said. These are the kind of questions why we made this podcast to begin with. These kind of questions, you don't really feel comfortable sharing always with a pastor or a friend or a parent. We want to keep this kind of stuff private. So thank you for asking anonymously. And I imagine this is going to help a lot of people who hear this because it is such a common problem. So we want to ask ourselves, pornography, is it really that big of a deal? I mean, really, is it that big of a deal? When we watch on TV, it's something everybody makes light of. It's something that everybody seems to be doing. Uh, So let's answer that question first. Let's talk about how many people deal with this. Over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to pornography sites. The porn industry, they make more money than the NFL, NBA, and MLB combined. You're worried about your family, and I can understand why, because pornography... But the use of pornography increases marital infidelity by more than 300%. And you've got a little girl on the way. We want to think about our children, right? Well, the average age the first time a child is exposed to pornography is 11 years old. 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. And listen, it is not, it's not just worldly people. It's in our churches, too. Uh... 57% of pastors deal with it, and it's youth pastors and teenagers. It's just all over everywhere. So thank you for asking this question. You're not alone. People deal with it altogether. Biblically speaking, biblically speaking, is it a big deal? Well, when Jesus gave his famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus referred to Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, as lust being equal to adultery. Uh, They didn't have, obviously, pornographic websites back then, but lust is something we've always had to deal with. Uh, 
and that's what pornographic sites do and it just it destroys marriages it destroys an individual it leaves a woman feeling insecure betrayed suspicious it makes a woman feel as a failure as a wife it makes you feel like you don't know your husband it makes you know we're adults here listening to this it it makes sex not intimate uh it just it just ruins everything so it is a very very big deal so yeah and you know i think <laughs> some men they're like what well, you know i still want my wife and such but if she's enough then why are you why are you looking to other women to yeah. satisfy you like even if you're not physically with them mentally you are and to me that's just as yeah and you know wrong. people do it in secret uh and they found that the more somebody looks at porn the less they look at their spouse and it goes both ways for men and women you know used to it was just men that did this sort of thing but it's women too so first off we want to acknowledge the problem uh and it could be anything but 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 porno material is is a problem in marriages today and it is a sin yeah you know, it absolutely it wrong. absolutely is a sin uh so i hope i hope i'm reading this right that your husband has overcame it uh but at the same time realize it's a struggle it is a struggle for us man it's just like an alcoholic walking into a bar because it's on our phones it's on our tablets it's on our computers i mean and really it's we it's literally even on have Netflix. the world at I mean, our fingertips it's, ev- <laughs> it's everywhere so it is a struggle so if your husband has overcame that great but i want to encourage you to support him to keep praying for him and realize that you know sometimes it's a real addiction and it's hard to overcome that i had wrote down a few verses and that um, reminds me you know why it's important to stay read in the word daily not just on sundays um or not just when you might have time but to stay in the word every day on our last week's podcast we talked about um the armor of god and how it tells us that the word of god is our sword you know it is our weapon against the devil and the weapon against the worldly um problems we'll have and so if you look in romans paul writes in verse uh chapter 12 verse 2 do not be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good pleasing and the perfect will of god and so i think that goes right along with what kevin was saying about um it being a a struggle like you don't just quit like any of addiction like you have to work daily to say no to those wants and those uh worldly desires and so by staying in the word and being able to transform our mind the renewing of our mind and staying read up we are able to discern what's good and what's pleasing and what is the will of god and so I think that's a good place to start and remind yourself to just stay in the Word daily. Study your Bible together. Read it every night before bed or the first time uh, together when you first wake up in the morning. If you get up together or have time together in the mornings, you know, I know some jobs you don't get to do that. But um, anyway, I just thought that was important. I love that verse because it just reminds me, you know, every day is a sacrifice for Jesus to just lay down my wants and to pick up his wants and go forward just renewing my mind daily 
Yep, that's right. And uh, so <clears throat> dealing with your question, hopefully we've acknowledged that A, pornography is serious. B, that your husband has done a great job if he's really put it down and you need to support him. And it's nothing you've done. Yeah. I I want that to be clear. You know, you are enough. You as a wife, soon to be. You as a mother. You as a person. You as an individual. You are enough. You matter. Um, And it's nothing that you did. It most likely stems from some type of childhood issue you know as the as your husband's grown and just an addicted addiction that they've picked up and so it's not because of you it's because of other things and so we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit so where do you go from here you uh obviously you you don't want to just dwell on the past you want to put the past behind you you want to move forward you want your husband to be a great husband we want that too you want to be a great wife and a great mommy to your little girl that's coming along. And congratulations on that, by the way. So if you're looking for a place in the Bible to pick that up, if you're looking for instructions on the family, I think you need to look no further than Ephesians 5, verse 22 to the first part of chapter 6. Uh, and that's that's where me and Carissa both went to. And what I found in our marriage, while it's not perfect, we have our little squabbles. I found that we're the happiest and our marriage is the strongest when we follow follow the model that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5. You want to read it, Carissa? Yeah, and so um, it starts out in verse 22. It says, Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the body. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as a church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. And he did this to present to the church himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. And in the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, and since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. I'll go on and read. It. As chapter 6 starts, it says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, and because this is right, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so it may go well with you, and that you have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up in your children, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Well, what I'll say about that unwritten rule in seminary or preaching or teaching is always that context is key. Uh, a lot of people think you can just pick this up and apply it to anybody's lives, but what's really key about this is this book is written to saved believers in Jesus Christ. And that is so very important because you don't want to submit to just any husband, okay? Okay. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying because you could use that and just mess the whole context up. You could argue that Bonnie was submitting to Clyde. So we want to make sure that that we are... 
the Bible is not approving of a self-centered individual or self-centered husband, not just an individual or anything like that. It's um, calling for a home environment and for the husband that's loving and then the wife submits to to him not yeah, you could really warp <laughs> this you got to be careful because the husband that's addicted to porn could say well you submit to me and watch porn with me that is that's not, not. <laughs> that is not what this is saying so just simple terms this is written to believers so i'm hoping and i'm praying you come to us because you're already a believer and i hope your husband is too if you're not, as simple as your ABCs, admit, believe, confess. Jesus loved you. He died for you because you're a sinner. Confess him as your Savior and then start a new life with him. Okay, so we're going to go through the list here. It begins with the husband. As he wrote that wives are submit to their husbands. The husband, Paul writes, is the head of the household, not in an authoritative way, just that there's got to be a head somewhere. And... He writes that the husband's the head, but the husband is to submit to Christ, and the husband is to mimic Christ. So as a husband, if I want to be the husband that God wants me to be, I need to be deeply committed to Jesus and love like Jesus loved. How did Jesus love? He loved sacrificially. He gave his life for the church. He got down on his feet and washed, got down on his knees and washed his disciples' feet. He forgave. He understood. And that's the kind of husband that I need to be. And if I do that, if I really do that, then my wife loving me and submitting to me will be no issue. She will feel safe in my arms, and she will absolutely understand why I do what I do. Yeah, and you think about that. Um, sorry, our dog is going crazy. Um, <laughs> but you think about that. You know, Jesus was tempted, just as your husband's been tempted, or you've been tempted. Well, Jesus was tempted also. Um, and so, he could have chose that temptation. He could have chose to to cheat, essentially. But that would have brought death on us all. And so, in the same way, he had to resist the devil. We... Uh, we as individuals, you know, specifically in this case as a husband, has to to resist that temptation and say no. You know, it goes back to that word in Romans. Transform by the renewing so that you're able to discern what is good in um, the will of God. And so just like Jesus had to say no, we're going to have to say no. It's a little bit of a sacrifice, but that's what he calls us to do. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully this has shed some light. Husband... Love Jesus more than anything else. Love your wife. Your wife will be able to, to follow you that way, to trust you that way. Um, and, you know, it's Valentine's Day. It was yesterday, or day before yesterday anyway. And one of the greatest commandments that Jesus said was the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. You can't do that wrapped up in sin. And, you know, anything... Something like pornography or drugs or something you shouldn't be watching warps your mind. And if you're doing that husband, you, you just it's, it's a bad start to the whole process. Um, you talk about the wife? No, I haven't. I was just saying um, when you stepped up for a second about, you know, just as we're tempted, Jesus was tempted and he said he was able to say no. So... You know, we do the same. Yeah. 
you know, both husband of course, we're not going to be a hundred percent spotless, but you know, we're able to say no and renew our mind. So anyway, so I guess, um, what this passage is saying to us women is, you know, we do submit to our husbands and that's not saying you follow every rule and word to a T when it's, even when it's abusive or wrong, you know, it's realizing that your husband is the head of our household. Um, let me see how to say it without, I don't, sometimes this can be so misconstrued, these verses, but you know, our husband, if he is seeking the Lord and the Lord's will for our family and our homes, you know, you really don't have to worry about submitting to him because you're, in a way, you're essential, essentially submitting to Jesus, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but now if Kevin's not seeking the Lord with all his heart, he's not going after things of Jesus but of things of the world, we got a problem because I'm not submitting to the Lord. I'm submitting to worldly pleasures through my husband. And so... um like I said, I said a little bit ago, you know, this is it's being submissive. You know, I say I'm a submissive wife, but that means that my I'm, I'm submitting in a way that means, yes, my husband, you know, essentially wears the pants in our family. He makes the decisions of our family. Uh, you know, Jeremiah, he's getting to be three years old, and something that we're starting to think about is school for him. Do we want him to go to school? If so, where do or public or private school? I should say. Of course, we want him to go to school, but um, or homeschool. You know, is it just my decision? No. Is it just Kevin's decision? No. But if we pray that God would our our wills will align with Jesus's will, ultimately Kevin has the final say. But I just pray that together our wills will align together and then I submit to God or submit to Kevin this is you know what I'm yeah. saying <laughs> well, I like to look at it like I don't want to be confusing I like but... to look at it like this you look at it with my relationship with Jesus because I want to be like him because I want to walk like him and because I know he has my best interests at heart nine times out of ten it's an easygoing relationship but there are times there are absolutely positively times when I feel called by the Holy Spirit to do something that I don't want to do. I mean, I remember as a teenager, I really wasn't sure about being a preacher, but I felt called to do that. And I, I just submitted to it and it worked out best. And that's the way that works. Sometimes it's hard to, to understand that your husband has your best interest at heart, but if he's following Jesus, you can trust him in that. Um, but, so we, you know, we both are praying, God, show us, you know, in this situation, show us where we would send our son or who would teach our son or will he stay at home and homeschool? Show us, but I'm saying show Kevin and and sh make our hearts align so that I can be sub submissive and following what he wants for our family, but show us together, you know, yeah. his will um jesus didn't say i'm gonna drag you on the cross he said pick up your cross and follow yeah, me he don't he don't want me as a wife to be submissive and just doing all these things because my husband said so yeah he wants us to be together 
perfectly in tune with God and so following him together. I think that's why the word, you know, it, it says submissive at first, but in verse 33 it says, let the wife see that she respects her husband. So in other words, just listening and, and following out of, out of respect. Just, hey, I trust you that you know best. You're following Jesus. But again, this you. goes back. It only works if the husband is saved and seeking God's will. If he's not and he's living in unrepentant sin or not a Christian, this does not work. Yeah, and you read, I mean, you really should read the whole book and you will see the first four chapters he acknowledges that he is writing to Christians over and over and over again. Uh, you don't want to grab this and take it out of context because you could get in trouble, and people have gotten in trouble for doing that. So hopefully that's helped you understand the husband's role, the wife's role. Um, and then you've got a child coming along, and I mean, Carissa, we're still learning this day by day, minute by minute, but luckily there's some instructions on... Uh, children and parents too because you hear all the time I hear this all the time well kids don't come with no instruction manual (laughs) but they do they do come with a little bit it's called the holy bible like and it it starts from the old testament from to the new you see story after story yeah of parents and their children and I just I wish people I wish specifically Christians would stop using that phrase because I'm like that's such a lie. We do have instruction manuals. Jesus told us, every, or God told us everything we need to know in the book. And so, if we would read it more and not just go to it more when we need it, you yeah. know, we always need it. <laughs> That's right. So. Uh, apply it. And I would just, i just refer you to chapter 6, verse 4. This is what you want to do. It says, uh. It says, and you fathers... This is Kevin's favorite verse as a kid. Yeah. (laughs) And you fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Then it says, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So you have Jesus, father, uh, wife, mom, children. And your daughter is going to really love seeing her dad treat his wife like Jesus treated the church. And you want to bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And the question becomes, what is that? How do we know what that is? Is it simply keeping the Ten Commandments? Is uh, is it just staying away from pornography? Or, you know, only letting them watch good shows and never letting them... don't Not teaching them to discern the good from the bad themselves. Yeah. That's something I've really been working on with myself and my children. I don't want them to just see one side of the spectrum and then grow up. And they see more, and they're like, what? Yeah. You know, what is all this? I want to teach them how to discern the good from the bad. And so I love that about the word training in that verse, because we need to train them. Not tell them, not just, or not just tell them, not just show them one side, but to train them. It's like a battle. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I mean, we could do several episodes on that as time goes on in the future, but... I just want to give you just some simple, simple things, training and admonition of the Lord. First off, you should be growing up with the Lord. Every day you should be closer to Jesus than you were yesterday. Every day 
you should be a better wife than you were yesterday. It's just part of a growing process. And husband. And husband. <laughs> We've been married 10 years. Hopefully I'm a better husband now than I was 10 years ago. Um, and hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be even better than I am now. Um, so many people, I see it as a pastor all the time. They come, they give their hearts to Jesus, they get baptized, and they never come back to church. And that is not, that is not at all all what the Bible shows. It shows somebody giving their heart to Jesus, a relationship starting, and it being closer every day. Uh, That's the way it should be with a relationship with Jesus. That's the way it should be with a relationship with your spouse. And that is how it should be your relationship with your child. So I just want to encourage you to be close with your child and grow a little bit each and every day in all of these areas. And so, you know, I would say... I'm not sure when your babies do. You know, it could be next week or two months from now or six months from now. But don't start when she's born. You know, church is Sunday. Find a church this Sunday that is um, a good biblical teaching church and start attending. Start making that routine now. Or maybe you already do. I, I, I don't know, you know. But I'm. that would be my first step. And then um, after that... Like he said, I'm just going to echo that. You need to know who you are as a mom. You know, I can't, you cannot control your husband's example to your child, but you can control your example. And so I would say as a mom, know who you are in Christ. Who does he say you are? And go from there. Start reading your Bible. Start getting in the Word and start exemplifying a biblical wife and a biblical um, mother. Uh, A good place to start. You know, I I have been a Christian for a good few, a uh, good many years now. Not few, but good many years. But about three and a half years ago, I was invited to a Bible study on Tuesday mornings, and um, I was going through a hard time. But they did a book called Becoming Mom Strong. It says how to fight with all that's in you for your family and your faith, and that's what she talks about in this book. It's by Heidi St. John, and I highly recommend. Um, you reading it, if you, uh, if you'd reach out to me personally, privately, I'll get you a copy, and, um, I'll study it with you, I, I love this book, I love this study, I love the person that's, uh, that taught it to me, but it just, it goes through about, um, how to cope when you feel like you're over your head, and I'm just gonna tell you, with a newborn, there's gonna be a lot of times you feel like that, And turn it back to the Bible to discover timeless guidance for parents. So there's something for you and your husband. What to do if you're afraid you're falling short as a mom. And fighting the ultimate battle for your kids' hearts and souls. And so there's so much good biblical information in this Bible. And this book alone really changed my life. Um, And so... You know, I couldn't be a good mom until I was confident in myself through Christ. I had to know who he said he was and that he was who he said he was. You know, I can't teach my children something that I'm not a hundred percent all in about. And so, um, I just needed to know who I was and who I wanted to be as a mother and who I every day wanted to sacrifice to be better and better as. And so, um, every morning I suit up and I get on the battlefield to, to teach them the word and to show them forgiving love towards my husband when it's hard 
trust me, there have been many times. Um, but that's what a marriage is. It's forgiving. That's what Jesus did for us. He forgave us um, on the cross, and so we, we do the same. Yeah, I hope this has helped, and I hope you don't get the wrong idea. We know that, that church can't save a person. Church can't make you the wife that you want to be or your husband, but you know, God made the church. Jesus founded the church. God made a pastor, and God made friends. God made authors. All of these resources are available to you, and they can help you. Hopefully, this podcast has helped, but but I, I just can't tell you how much pastors have helped me growing up, how much mentors have helped me watching them be good fathers and good husbands, and you know, they're there for you, and they want to help, and we want to help too. Um, if there's more to the situation that you need to, that we need to know, send some more questions into us, and we'll be happy to to tackle them as time goes along. Thank you once again for sending the question. I hope we've helped. Um, and I just I'll I'll close with this: if pornography is still an issue, there are some resources out there where. Uh, yeah, know, a couple I had wrote down um, about that is that I've I've looked into just because I've seen it online and social media, I've read about other people uh, struggling with this. And um, if you need a program for your phone and things like that, it's called Covenant Eyes. And it's a Christian-based program that uh, helps. It's kind of like when you were in high school and they had website blockers. I, I think it works somewhat to that effect. And so... That is something, um, if you need some deeper training and biblical resources, there is a uh, pastor that we follow, Dale Partridge. Um, He's got some biblical sound stuff, and his website for his pornography addiction um, counseling is Stand in Victory. And then simply just the Word of God, um, staying in it every day and reading it, that alone will help you to be able to conquer the wiles of the devil. And then reach out to a pastor or a friend for accountability. There's, you know, when people go to AA, that's what they're doing. They are staying account, holding each other accountable. And so it's not to say you won't ever fail or slip up, but it's saying, hey, I recognize I'm, I messed up and I need help. And so if, if you don't have somebody that you feel like you can reach out to safely, Kevin and I are here for you. Send us a private message on Facebook or get our phone numbers and text us or something like that. Um, We'd be happy to pray with you and uh, for you personally. And, um, yeah. Know that we're praying for you. Thanks for the question. Oh, and I was going to say, you know, it's crazy we keep having to put this off. But on Monday night, I am doing a Bible study through Ephesians. And I'm not, you know, advertising this just because it's on here, but I, you know, this is the book of the Bible that we're studying. We haven't got to start yet because I was out of town and then this crazy weather we're having, but this Monday, God willing, we will be starting the book of Ephesians, and so if you would like to come and get whoever this is or whoever's listening would like to read more on Ephesians and what is the biblical standard and who does God say we are and how our words matter, come join us. We join us. Meet at First Baptist Church Gymnasium at 6 o'clock on Monday nights. First Baptist Winsboro. Excuse me. What did I say? 
Just First Baptist. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> First Baptist Church, Winsboro. Louisiana. And so we get to meet in their gym. So. Yeah. Okay, well, if there's anything else we can answer for you, feel free to send a message. And uh, we're praying for you.